The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Fear. Anxiety. Uh, Those are words that we can all relate to because we've all struggled with anxiety. Maybe some of you this morning are here really anxious about something. I mean, what comes to your mind? Maybe it's, maybe it's a financial bill <laughs> that's looming. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's spiders. <laughs> um, to me, the greatest illustration of fear happens at our house periodically when we have a young gal that comes to stay with us and we're somewhere in the house and all of a sudden we hear a shrieking a scream and we think that a mass murderer is in our house or something and we go running to the room and and they're on their bed standing on the bed screaming and and what are they what are they pointing at this little itty-bitty spider that you can hardly see, you know, probably across the room, and it just absolutely terrifies them. Um, I mean, our fears control us, don't they? What are some of our... Uh, one of my, my favorite sources of information, you know, Google. I don't know, know what I did before that. Here's 10 of the most common phobias. Maybe you can relate... Um, Snakes, that's one of them. Um, And I can't pronounce the word. Um, Agrophobia, fear of open spaces. Acrophobia, fear of heights. I found that the older I get, the harder it is for me to be, you know, standing on a cliff looking down. Fear of flying, it's a long word. It's like 20 letters. Um, (laughs) Fear of flying. Uh, how many of you, well, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you, because of the Southwest airline accident, somebody was killed, engine um, blew up, are a little bit more afraid of flying now? It's one of the safest ways to travel, but fear of flying. Claustrophobia. How many of you would like to be stuck in a 30-foot pipe that's, you know, just big enough for you to crawl in. You know. Fear of insects, um, fear of dogs, fear of storms, fear of needles. We have all kinds of fears, don't we? Um, so this is, a survey was done by an organi- organization called Statista. And in 2017, these were Americans' top fears, the top 10 fears of Americans in 2017. The number one fear, 75% of people, corrupt government officials. Everything, yeah. <laughs> okay. Stay, stay with me here. We're moving. Um, Number two, American Health Care Act slash Trump Care. Number three, pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. Number four, pollution of drinking water. I think we're getting a little 
anxious about pollution. Number, uh, the next one, not having enough money for the future. That's probably one that a lot of people are, high medical bills. The U.S. will be involved in another world war. How many of you worry about that? Global warming and climate change. Number nine, North Korea using weapons. It's interesting, as I was reading this, the first gathering, what went through my mind is maybe some people that were worried about that, anxious about that, are maybe a little less anxious about it with the possibility of talks. And how easily our fears or our anxieties are based on current events instead of something, a foundation that is a little bit more solid than that that we'll be talking about. And the last one, air pollution. Um, what happens when you are afraid or you fear or you're anxious? Um, to me, it's, it's kind of like what we experience periodically when there's a young gal in our house that's afraid of spiders and she sees a spider even though I can hardly see it unless I have a telescope. You know, it's uh, nothing like when we lived in the Philippines and I saw a spider this big on the wall. And I threw my shoe at it to kill it. Don't do that. And out from under that huge spider came thousands of little spiders. The... Uh, Thankfully, I don't have arachnophobia, so we, uh, sorry, my mind is going all different directions. We'll, we'll so when you have a phobia or a fear, what happens is it controls us, doesn't it? I mean, it, it just, it, it, it affects our thinking, our, where we go, where we don't go. It affects our, our, our voice. It, it just, it dominates and, and controls us. I think it's a clear fact what we fear controls us. If you are afraid of something, if you're afraid right now that I'm going to volunteer one of you to stand up and quote the book of Romans, I mean, you're, you're not going to come next week, right? <laughs> it, it would paralyze you to think that I would call you out. <laughs> Should I do that? No, I was kidding. The, uh, Fear of public speaking. I mean, there's all kinds of things that cause anxiety. Our fears control us. The question I want you to be thinking about this morning is, what controls you? What is it that you fear? Or what, is, what are you so anxious about that controls you? And as we come to Isaiah this morning and the big idea, and it's, it's incredibly freeing if we get this. It's simply fearing God frees us from fear. From all the possible anxieties and fears that just can grab us and dominate us and, and control us, fearing God can free us from those things. So I'm going to read through Isaiah 8, 11 to 17. If you follow with me. This is the Lord speaking to Isaiah the prophet. And it says, this is what the Lord says to me, 
with his strong hand upon me. And it's like just, it's a weightiness, it's a seriousness, warning me not to follow the ways of this people. Verse 12, do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. This is a great verse. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Verse 14, he will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. These are sobering verses. Many of them will stumble. They will fall. They will be broken. They will be snared and captured. And and just think, it's because they don't fear the Lord. Bind up this testimony of warning and seal up God's instructions among my disciples. And then the conclusion, Isaiah says, as he reflects on these words of the Lord, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the descendants of Jacob because they don't fear him and they're not looking to him or hoping in him. I says, I will put my trust in him. If we can go back to verse 11, there's four things to me that are just so important that, that will help free us from our fears and our anxieties if instead we fear the Lord. The first one is just looking at verse 11. I want us to see that this is, this is important. Verse 11 says this, the Lord says this to me with his strong hand upon me. That, that's not a common phrase um, when a prophet is receiving a prophecy from the Lord. It's like this extra sober, serious warning, a warning not to follow the ways of this people. This is serious. And, and I don't think we probably even need to be told that because our anxieties and our fears, they're, they're devastating, aren't they? I mean, they wreak havoc in our lives. The things that we fear and the anxieties that we have, they, they can paralyze us, keep us from functioning and, and living normal lives. This is serious. The second thing is, verse 12, be different. Be different. Don't let what controls other people control you. Verse 12 says, don't call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. You know, this is, this to me captures uh, one of the horrible things about social media. (laughs) I mean, somebody can say something on social media and then somebody else pipes in and somebody else chimes in. Pretty much you got you got tons of people that are all scared to death about something that might not even be true. Because everybody's an expert, right? And it's a, don't, don't call conspiracy everything. If somebody says, did you know this? Are you kidding me? And pretty soon everybody's upset and anxious and afraid. It says, be different. Don't fear what they fear, do not dread it. The words are, are really almost, they're almost interchangeable words. The second one, dread, could maybe be a little stronger. Uh, 
But both, basically what they're saying is don't fear what other, don't be controlled by what other people are controlled by. Don't be dominated by the anxieties and fears and the what ifs and the unknowns. I mean, there's so many, aren't there? I mean, what is, what is tomorrow going to hold? I mean, what's going to happen at your job? What's going to happen with our health? What, what are our bills, our relationships? I mean, all the things that can... Don't fear what they fear. Do not dread. Why? How is that possible? Verse 13. This would this be a great verse to memorize. It just simply says, The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. Just be, just be set alone in your... Th- the, the word holy really means special or unique or, or sacred. The Lord Almighty is the one that you regard as, as holy. Just have your focus fixated on him. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. He is the one who is to control your thinking and you're acting. He's the one that you're to be dominated by. Not, not the sifting sands of current events or what might happen or what did happen, but our foundation on the solid rock. It's kind of the parable of the New Testament. You know, our lives being established on the solid rock of who God is. You know, this doesn't mean that we're to be afraid of God. It means that we're to be our thinking and our our living and our behaving controlled or dominated by who God is. It it really, I think, more than anything, talks about the intimacy of a relationship that God longs for with us. I'm just gonna look at a few verses to help us see that. Isaiah eleven three. Uh, the book of Isaiah alone has 30 passages that talk about the fear of the Lord, not fearing and fearing the Lord. But notice it says he, and it's referring to the Messiah, it says will delight in the fear of the Lord. That doesn't sound very scary, does it? It's not being afraid of God. It's just, again, it's being consumed by God, delighting in a relationship with God. Isaiah 33, 6. The very last phrase there, notice it says, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And another translation says, the fear of the Lord is Jerusalem's treasure. Do you get that? What do you consider the most valuable thing possible? Isaiah is saying the fear of the Lord should be your treasure. Just being consumed by him, dominated by him. Psalm 25, 14, another great verse. Notice, it, 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 it kind of brings to us the intimacy of what this fear of the Lord means. It says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. Do you want to have an intimate relationship with the Lord? It says, he makes known his covenant to them, meaning to those who fear him, whose lives are consumed with him, not consumed with the unknowns and the what-ifs and the and the anxieties, but consumed with God. Uh, Psalm 147, 11. This is a great one. The Lord delights in those who fear him. And it, and it gives us really a kind of a definition. It says, the Lord delights in those who fear him, meaning 
those who put their hope in his unfailing love. I mean, is your hope in God's unfailing love? And then that's what it means to fear him. You know, in contrast to this, Isaiah 29, 13, uh, this is really how I, for years and years of my life, understood, I think, what it meant to fear the Lord. It was more being afraid of God. Uh, here it says, the Lord says to me, and this is quoted by Jesus of the Pharisees in the New Testament. It says, these people come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, okay? They, they know how to say the right thing, but their hearts are far away from me. Their worship of me, and literally it's their fear of me. Same word. Their fear of me is based on merely human rules that have been taught. And I tell you, for most, much of my life, this, is, this to me was the fear of the Lord. It was, I feared God because I was afraid that I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do. It was, it was a relationship based on rules, do's and don'ts. I needed to do this and I needed not to do this. It was kind of a distortion of what Jesus says when he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And we flip that around and we say, if you keep my commandments, you'll love me. And that's not it. You know, it's, it's, it's to be this, not based on rules, but relationship and intimacy. Being individuals in whom God confides and in whom God delights and, and we delight in him. The point is, I think that fearing God is more like being Twitter-pated than terrified. How many of you have watched Bambi? I mean, you might know, you might not want to admit it. I, especially the guys, you know, it doesn't sound very macho. But, but it, I love the word Twitter-pated. And uh, this is the scene in Bambi, if, if you haven't watched it in the last couple of days, um, there are two, two birds that are fluttering around each other and the, the two little birds are obviously in love and Bambi and Thumper and Flower, the skunk skunk cabbage is one of the most beautiful flowers there are, seriously um, are, are watching these birds and they're saying what's wrong with them, right? kind of what you ask about it young couple that seem to be in love and you're like, what's wrong with them, the way they're acting? You know, uh, Hopefully we don't do that. So, so as they're saying what's wrong with them, Owl describes it this way. This is what it means to be Twitter-pated in case you forgot. Owl says, you're walking along and you see a pretty face and you get weak in the knees and your head's in a whirl, and you feel light as a feather, and before you know it, you're walking on air. You're knocked for a loop, you completely lose your head. It's Twitter-pated. Um, it happened, happened to me um, about 39 years ago. <laughs> um, and it's actually my wife's birthday today. The, uh, the, um, you know, um, I think it describes really well the fear of the Lord and, and if we love him, 
why we keep his commandments, you know? And why perfect love casts all fear because if God's love controls us, like Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 5, then we're going to want to. We're going to want to do for the one we love um, what they want. Um, Twitter paid it. I think that's what it means to fear the Lord, to be individuals that are just so caught up with who God is, both in his righteousness, his holiness, his justice, but his mercy, his love, his compassion. Everything about God, his character, we're just so caught up with it that we're in love with him and we're consumed with him, we're Twitter-pated. And, and it drives out the other fears. Because the other things, the other things that we fear, whether it's our health or our finances or the unknowns or the future, they, they drift away because we're so consumed with who our God is and that he's good and he's great and, and we can trust him. It didn't happen with the people of Israel. If we can go back to, to Isaiah chapter 8 and we'll just conclude it. You know, so it's something serious. It's something God calls us to be different than other people about. Don't get caught up with everybody's anxieties and fears and things that think that we need to. If somebody's anxious, that we need to kind of partner with them and be anxious about it too. But be controlled by God. But the last one is, is then really, as we come to verse 14, it's that what we fear makes a difference because what we fear controls us. And we see it sobering as Isaiah 8 finishes here in 14 to 17 because we see a contrast. What happened to Israel and Judah, they didn't fear the Lord and very soon after this, they're led into exile. And it's a prophecy that we're going to see. If we could actually go to Romans 9, 32 and 33, it's a prophecy about Jesus. And... Um, Notice, this is Paul talking in Romans. He's talking about the Israelites. He says, they pursued righteousness, that's the word it there, not by faith, but as if it were by works, as if being in right relationship with God is something that could be attained by our own efforts, by our own works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone because, and the stumbling stone was Jesus. As it is written, see, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. And, and there's this contrast between the Israelites in the Old Testament during Isaiah's day who didn't fear the Lord and were led into captivity versus Isaiah's plea to them to wait on If we can go back to Isaiah 8, um, Isaiah's plea to take this seriously and to be a people instead who wait on the Lord. And so he quotes, he will be a holy place. God will be this special, sacred place where we can be freed of our anxieties and our fears in him. But for Israel and Judah, he will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, a trap and a snare. They'll stumble, they'll fall and be broken, they'll be snared and captured because instead of fearing the Lord and following the Lord, they followed other gods and they followed their own fears and they were led into captivity. And then when Jesus came, instead of hoping in him as the promised Messiah and looking to him as their hope, they didn't. And, um, and they were these people that stumbled over the stumbling stone, Jesus. 
Isaiah's plea as he ends is, I will wait for the Lord. I will put my trust in him. I mean, that's the heart of it. Let's be a people who, whose hope is in the Lord, who fear him, who, whose thinking is controlled and dominated by who he is, his character, that rock-solid foundation that isn't shifted by current events or by what happens to us tomorrow that just will throw our lives into, into turmoil because we're not rock-solid hoping in God. How will fearing the Lord really make a difference? I just want to go through a few verses really quickly, just practically. Isaiah 40, verse 9 um, look at this, it says, it's another messianic passage, it says, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain, you who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout, lift it up, do not be afraid, say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. <laughs> and it, it's calling us, be a people who don't fear because we're confident in our God. Uh, fearing the Lord will give us confidence because we know our God. Isaiah 41.10 similarly says, Do not fear, for I am with you. That's God speaking. Don't fear, I am with you. Don't be dismayed, I am your God. And if we know the God that he is, then we don't be, need to be a people that fear or anxious. I'm not talking that we're not facing real problems and real issues and real struggles and complications, but if we're a people who fear the Lord, who hope in the Lord, then he will govern our thinking. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Confidence. Isaiah 43.1, I, I love this one. This is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And then look at this, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. Do you believe that? That's God speaking to us who he's redeemed. You're mine. Man, what does that do for self-confidence? <laughs> it's exactly what I needed growing up as I struggled with anxiety a lot. Until I heard this little phrase that just helped me, and it was that Christ confidence is self-confidence. <laughs> and, I, and I got that, and that's what it's saying. We're his. What can that do when, you know, the things that cause us anxiety and fear, if we knew that we're his, that we're his. Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Fearing the Lord can give us wisdom. Uh, Psalm 25, 14, we saw this one earlier, but just a great reminder. The fear of the Lord will, will make us to be a people who, who are intimate with him. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes known his covenant to them. Don't you want to be somebody like that? A person that God confides in? That God's intimate with? Uh, because we're a person who hopes in him. Psalm 145, 19. God fulfills the desires of those who fear him. And it could be that he fulfills the desires of those who fear him because we want what he wants. <laughs> we're not going to be wanting what we want, but we want what he wants. We fear him, we hope in him. 
and he's going to fulfill our desires. He hears their cry and save them. And then the last one, Genesis 22:12. This is my favorite scenario in the whole Bible about the fear of the Lord. It's it's the story in Genesis 22 where God has called Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Um, Isaac is the promised heir, the one through whom all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And in, in Hebrews 11 we read, and it's, it's a great passage because Abraham has come to be a pe- person who really hopes in God and fears God. And in Hebrews 11 it says that he had faith because he realized that even if God were to, were to have Isaac killed, that he would bring him back from the dead. He had such hope and trust in God. Uh, that what God was asking him, God would provide and take care of. And so God says, sacrifice him. So, so Abraham follows God. He obeys God. He brings him, puts him on the altar. He, he has raised the knife. He's ready to slay Isaac. And the angel of the Lord says, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God. And we could almost read there, now I know that you're scared to death of God, so you're going to do whatever he wants. That's not what it says. Now I know that you fear God. Now I know that you're a man who so trusts and hopes in God. You know who I am, that you can know that what I'm asking is, it's going to work out. And like in Hebrews 11, Abraham knew that because he knew that even if he were to slay Isaac, God would bring Isaac back from the dead. Do we have that hope and and faith in God? That's fearing the Lord. And the incredible thing then, it says, I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And what it leads to is being a people that fear the Lord is people, being a people that then obey God because we trust God. We hope in God. And even when God might ask us to do something crazy like, you know, me take my family to a Muslim-controlled village in the southern Philippines and being interrogated every day for months, we do that because... We know that's what God wants us to do. Fearing the Lord. You know, the incredible thing as as God is named in the book of Genesis, he's called the God of Abraham, and then he's called the fear of Isaac. That's how he's, not the God of Isaac, but the fear of Isaac, because I think as Isaac was laying there and, and witnessing the obedience of his father and that knife about ready to slay him and then the provision of the ram in his place, this beautiful picture of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who would come and go to the cross in our place to take away our sins so that we could be in right relationship with God as Isaac laid there and saw the knife and then saw the deliverance to him. The fear of the Lord was this jumble of God's righteousness and holiness, but God's incredible compassion and grace and provision. I think that's what it means to fear the Lord, to be so consumed with who the person of God is, who the person of Jesus is, that it just gives us a confidence and a hope that wipes out the fears and anxieties that other people struggle with that we don't need to because we know our God. We know our God. What controls you? 
Man, just remember these words, Psalm 147, 11. The Lord takes pleasure, confides in those who fear him, those who wait for his steadfast love. Man, brothers and sisters, let's be a people who, whose hope, whose trust, a people who are just consumed with knowing who our God is in a way that it'll just wash away those other fears and anxieties that other people have. They don't need to be ours if we fear the Lord. Let's pray. God, you are God. You are God. And yet so often our eyes and our emotions and our thoughts and our perspectives are consumed with the things around us that stir up the fears and anxieties. God, help us instead to be a people, a different people whose thoughts and perspective and eyes are fixed on you, our God. Help us to be a people who hopes in you, who fears you, and our lives are different. In Jesus' name, amen.